Hey, good afternoon, San Diego. Actually, let's just say good afternoon to the whole wide world, whatever your time zone may be. Uh, we're here in beautiful La Mesa, California, right inside of San Diego, uh, enjoying some nice, warm, stifling weather. And uh, hey, welcome to another edition of Short Guy Tall Dreams. Uh, I've got a awesome uh, next hour, I would say, of a conversation with one of the coolest people I've ever met in the business uh, industry, real estate business side of things here in San Diego. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. But you know, I, I just want to start off with a couple thoughts for everybody that uh, tunes in and hears what's going on. Short Guy Tall Dreams is really all about the idea of a, of helping people accomplish big things in the course of their careers. So I, I certainly hope that whatever it is that you're hearing or what, whatever you're feeling, uh, you take a moment, comment, share, let us know what's going on, and uh, we'll go from there. But in the meantime, let me go ahead and bring uh, a good friend of mine in. We've got Mr. John Stenberg. John, John, what's up? Hey, Sam. I'm glad to be on your show here. I'm excited about having a conversation with you. What's going on out there? Yeah, you know what? It is, it is, uh, it's just, it's been hot. That's all I'm going to say. It's Very. been hot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm dressed like this today. No yeah. tie, no long sleeve. Yeah, it is hot and I'm definitely wishing it wouldn't be so hot because these days kind of when I'm riding my motorcycle. So I'm a big motorcycle guy. Yeah, I know a that. Harley, yeah, that's, that's kind of my deal. And uh, I'll tell you, like, once I get on it, um, I just turn into a puddle of liquid yeah. after about riding for about 45 minutes, especially. It's been humid, right? Oh, it has been? God, yes. Okay, okay. I'm not just yeah. imagining that. Okay. All right. So anyways, yeah, just uh, kind of coming off the weekend and thought it'd be cool for us to connect. Um, you know, you and I've had a chance to talk over the years on multiple occasions for a multitude of different things. Um, some of it just exploring uh, the business. Some of it is exploring even what potential partnerships could look like. So that being said, that being said, right now, I think the big thing that I want to really do is maybe get people to get to know you a little bit more because you do have a ton of wins- wisdom, insight, um, and a, a lot of success too. I mean, you've had your own brokerage at one point too, if I remember correctly, right? Yep, I've ha- owned multiple franchises. Uh, in the last 32 years. And yeah, I was uh, an agent uh, for many, many years. I still am a, a broker associate with Compass right now. Okay. Oh, currently. Compass. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Compass is in the news. Compass is in the media. Everybody's talking about Compass. Okay. I don't want to get too hung up on it just yet. Mm-hmm. So again, your history. Oh yeah, sure. Ton of, ton of history. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, it went back uh if you want to go back at 13 or 14 or 15 years old, I've, I've always wanted to be in the real estate business. Um, long story short um, is I was watching a show and uh, when I was 13, 14, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Do you remember that show? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was about that age. And, um, you know, I wasn't rich. I was very poor. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> And I thought the closest way to get to those nice homes in Beverly Hills yeah. is to sell them. So sure. at 15, no, I didn't. I couldn't stand her. She dresses like a real estate agent. Oh no! Like her. <laughs> Love it. That was a mistake. Sorry about that. No worries. Keep going, Beverly Hills. So uh, I wanted, uh, you know, I thought what would be the best way to get close to selling those nice homes. And when I was 15, 16 years old, I was talking to my stepdad, and he knew a broker. Um, that would actually mentor me out of high school. Okay. So uh, at 17 years old, um, I graduated high school, and then I took the real estate school that summer. I wasn't quite 18. Yeah, yeah. I had to wait till uh, November right. uh, to my birthday, and then I took the test in January, passed okay. it. Okay, yeah. And started selling real estate, you know, at, at, at the young age of 18. Um, I had to sell my first week. Um, it was amazing, you know, whirlwind, you know, like I was, man, uh, we didn't have cell phones back then, mm-hmm. but I was calling my, my manager like every other hour, you know, cause my first sale, 18 years old, it was, it was a lot of drama. And I remember, um, it was my best friend's mother and father. They said, Hey, we're going to let you sell us a home. You know, congratulations. You're going to mm-hmm. get your first sale with us. I said, this is awesome. Yeah. So I sold him a home. And it closed for 120 days later. And I said, well, what about your home 
you know, to sell. I, yeah. I'd like to sell that as well. Like, oh, no way. We can't let you sell that home. You're new. You know, we're <laughs> going to have to go with an experienced broker on that one. And I said, are you kidding me? So I had to watch an experienced broker um, list that home. Um, now, take in mind, I was 18 years old. That experienced broker ended up working for me 20 years later. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Isn't that funny? It, so, and this is all story. here in San Diego, by the way. Right here in San Diego. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's how I got in the business, uh, 1986. And uh, here we are, 2019. Did lots of different things. Owned mortgage companies, um, real estate companies, sales. Um, did a lot of coaching as well. Um, yeah, I remember that. So, yeah. Um, really heavily involved in recruiting for probably about five, six years as well. Got it. Yeah. Because you were building, you were building your own brokerage, yep. your own company up yep. and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and in anywhere you've gone in general, um, there's always been talks about just a high degree and fundamental of, of success for realtors. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of realtors out there. Yes. There are. There's just a lot of choices. There, yeah, yeah. There's there's tons of pantsuits out there, yep. right? Um, <laughs> sorry about that edit clip earlier. That was kind of funny. Um I mean, there's, there's a kind of a perspective of realtors in the marketplace in general, just the fact that anybody and everybody who wants a license can get one. And there's not a lot of regard always. But then, then you have a few people that just kind of stand out. And today's general, you and I were actually talking about this mm-hmm. off recording probably last week. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the new generation of, of realtors coming up and that there is yeah. definitely a mindset and lifestyle shift even, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? So sure. yeah, that's kind of interesting because... I don't think of you as the older folk, and I mean, if, if people could actually see you and anybody, if they watch this, uh, mm-hmm. if they watch this on the YouTube channel, they'll see it. You're you're a considerably young looking guy. Oh, right? well, thanks. I so, just turned fifty. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, you, it's working for you, man. I, I'm not trying to hit on you here, but you know, it's working for you. Okay. Um, but the bottom line is that in this in this fundamental shift in the marketplace, um, there is a lot of um, perceptions that it's. How do you say this? Like, how do you say this without sounding like an absolute tool? Mm-hmm. Um, that that real estate isn't about. I th- well, maybe back in the day when you first started, mm-hmm. real the perception of realtors then and the perception of real estate then is a lot different than it is today, obviously. Oh, yes. And that it's no longer that pantsuit wearing type person. Yeah. It is something far more uh, professional, a lot more polished. And also very industry image conscience mm-hmm. and actually culturally di- driven um, to be a part of something bigger than just themselves, right? Yes. So, uh, you know, at, at your with your wisdom and level of, of years in the business, I mean, how do you I mean, how do you kind of see yourself playing out as this new generation of realtors come up? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I'm adapting like everybody <laughs> else is doing, you know, uh, social media, digital um, it is uh, a challenging uh, thing for someone that's been around for 32 years. I look at my colleagues that have been around for 25, 30 years yeah. and more, and uh, some just don't even bother to actually play that game as you know the millennials are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking at Instagram, I'm going, man, that agent has it going on. Mm-hmm. Good marketing. Uh, he's getting good exposure uh, for his listings. And it challenges me to actually get better so i don't look at it as like god i gotta get better you know and i'm not doing as good as these these other agents it challenges me to go hey i need i need to adapt you know Mm -hmm. i think the consumer is expecting for you to, to adapt as well got it um and it's quite demanding you know in this business as well so if you get to a listing appointment and you don't have the newest and greatest on how to expose that property mm-hmm. uh, to as many qualified buyers, you might be get you might lose that listing to a 28 year old right. that's only been doing it for three years. Mm-hmm. So you really got to up your game as well. What's going for me is 32 years of experience, you know, several thousands of transactions, you know, so I can actually play on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does win me a lot of business. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, on the other side, um, I'm not resting and saying, Hey, I got all the experience in the world, you know, list with me. I got to have some cool marketing, uh, to actually get your property exposed. Yeah. That's, and that's, I think that's important. I mean, obviously experience always trumps a lot of things. I mean, when, when you have these 28 year olds that come in and they're like, I want to make a, you know, 
a gazillion dollars and I'm on, and I'm an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and then they're sitting somewhere and, you know, smoking weed or something. And then, (laughs) you know, and and they're not inclined to actually do something entrepreneurial with their time. Yes. Yeah. Then, you know, then I think that says a lot too, but uh, of kind of how people perceive, um, this younger generation of people, but you said something really interesting about the environment that you're in today, mm-hmm. right? Because if I think about real estate in general, if I, if I think about an office that I walk into, mm-hmm. uh, it is stereotypical. Mm-hmm. You, you walk in and instantly you're hit with realtor, real estate mm-hmm. office. And uh, I've seen some stuff from Compass. Mm-hmm. That's not Compass's vibe at all. No. No, it's and you know for years I was looking for that environment. Uh, I've experienced an incredible environment only a several times in my entire career, thirty-two years. Mm. So, and I've been to probably seven to nine offices. I've had my own offices, um, and I've only experienced an incredible environment a couple times mm-hmm. in thirty-two years. Yeah, you know, going to Compass, mm-hmm. you got the culture, mm-hmm. um, you got the environment, you got the support, you got the buzz. You got the, well, I got to up my game because you're working around top, top agents because the minimum threshold just to get in there. That's right. You were telling me about that. That's is right. a standard. Yeah, there's so a standard. they're just not hiring any new agents. Yeah. Um, and I really like that because let's face it, nothing against new agents, but they take from management and support staff because yeah. they just, you know, they're getting started. They have to. Okay. So is, is Compass for the snobs? Is it bougie? <laughs> you know, it's funny. A lot of people have asked me that, you know, God, you know, I don't know if I can even qualify to get. No, I, I think you have to be humbled uh, to, to go in there for an interview. And I think they're always looking for good quality, uh, good resume, right. reputation, right. Uh, reputable people right. for them to come on board. Um, I don't think, you know, it's, it's nice to be with a company that they probably, you know, won't hire you. Um, just because you you had a great year two years ago. Right. And for me, doing this for 32 years, I've had lots of great years. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. What have you done lately? Yeah. And uh, what are you going to do in the future? Yeah. So I, I like that standard, you know, yeah. um, and they don't hire anybody, you know, well, so. I think it's, a, I think that's an important criteria today. You got to set the bar somewhere. Every. And, and most organizations and companies have, right? They've become a lot more critical about who they're hiring, what they're bringing into the team. Because, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to this from a nuts and bolts kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, every person is an investment. And you're yes. always looking to have a return on your investment. And so if, if you just rampantly and willingly go out and grab anybody that has a pulse mm-hmm. and say, hey, I trust you to do a great job... Uh, that's typically a, a losing formula. Yes. And, and I've seen it in tons of organizations, even ones that I've been a part of, right? Where that kind of that that kind of discernment factor really didn't exist, that this criteria wasn't set. So it's exciting to hear that a company out there, especially in the real estate space, is choosing to do something radically different. And, and as we've talked offline, mm-hmm. uh, you have shared some insight and it is pretty, it is a unique thing that you guys are doing. I, you know, I think the big thing that people are really freaking out about right now though, mm-hmm. and, and hold on, before I jump off, off the cliff into that topic, because we're going to have some fun with that one. <laughs> when you were 18 and you did your first transaction, yes. how much did you make? Do you remember? Yes, I think it was $1,300. Okay, so I imagine back then, you were pretty thrilled. Yeah, for an 18-year-old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. My average check was, I think, 1300 to 2200 right in that range. Is that what it was back then? Yeah, that was a $149,000 uh, transaction, oh, yeah. 50-50 split. Um, and, you know, rightfully so, because I was a new agent. I mean, I gobbled up everybody's time because I didn't know anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These days, new agents get, you know, much, much more than that. And that's where I think real, est- uh, real estate companies are making that mistake. You know, they're just paying too much. The margins are too small and uh, the cash flow is just not there. Yeah. I know I've been with big brokerages. Um, I know the numbers, you know, quite well. I wouldn't want to be an owner right now in this market. Uh, I'm so <laughs> glad to be just a sales agent, you know, so hats off to those owners. You know, you I know. totally agree with that. And I'll tell you, it is, 
Uh, it's an interesting time. I think mm. so. The general sentiment is the economy is doing pretty well. Yeah, and, and I'm and it, it is it is doing well, and I'm mm. actually really happy that that's taking place. Um, but there's still kind of a. And maybe you can disagree with me. Maybe you can agree with me. I, I still sense a little bit of tension on what's to come. Do you get that at all? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, everybody's talking about this recession coming up in 2020, 2021. Um, I see certain segments of the market, uh, different price brackets, you know, higher, of course, slowing down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from South County, so I'm starting to see the 91914 higher price bracket slowing down as well, more inventory. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of people are very positive, but you know, the headlines are hitting us daily. If you're watching the news or you watch anything and people are worried, I, I, it's all mindset, of course. So I'm just telling my clients, it's an incredible time to buy. The rates mm-hmm. will never, ever be like this again. Mm-hmm. We're in the threes. I mean, you're, I, I even asked my wife uh, a couple months ago, I said, we should buy something. She goes, what are you talking about? I go, the rates are so good. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think about let's buy on price, you know, prices mm-hmm. are high. I'm the opposite. Buy on the rate. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep this home for a long time. Yeah. So let's get that rate. Let's make the money work for us, right? You bet. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the prices are, they're going to go up and down for the next 20 years. So I think... If you have, it might be a stretch because the prices are higher, you know, but if you can make that stretch work, you know, that extra 20, 30, $40,000 to get that rate at three and a quarter, three and a half or three and three quarters. And make it work. In five years, seven years, you're going to look at each other going, oh my God, I'm so glad we bought, you know, yeah. so yeah. just stretching a little bit, you mm. know. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's the thing is like the, the general sentiment of, uh, so this is kind of interesting. You were talking about inventory going up. Now, there's there's a lot of talk about um, inventory going up, but the demand isn't there either. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily there. You know, Sam, I think it, it really depends on the price range and the market. Give you a good example. Bonita. Mm-hmm. I just looked the other day. 23 homes currently on the market. Yeah, that's... At any given zip code, about 20% of all homes are overpriced. Or they came back on the market because they were an expired and they've been on and off the market for a while. So if you take that for a minute and you're down to 15, 16, 17 homes in Bonita right now, yeah, that is unbelievable. Yeah. So if you're a seller in Bonita, mm-hmm. you know, I would definitely sell. Of course, still the, the price, mm-hmm. the condition of the home means mm-hmm. something. But if, if I was thinking about selling my home in the next couple of years, I would do it now in Bonita, in that segment of the market. Not every zip code's the same. Right. Um, you know, I'm looking at zip codes across the entire San Diego region, but, you know, some are like, wow, we got a lot of inventory. It's bad inventory. It's overpriced at 20%. Yeah. You know, and buyers are frustrated. Yeah, we did come up with more inventory over the last 15 months, but buyers are still frustrated. I mean, there it's just there's nothing out there, nothing good out there. I mean, I'm working with multiple buyers, all cash to FHA to you know twenty five percent down, and they they're still looking for months, mm. you know. Yeah, it is a again, it is there's a, it's an interesting time. Yeah, it is right it now. Is. Yeah, and I mean, I think that uh, I think politics is also going to weigh in very heavily mm-hmm. in the marketplace sentiment. I mean, the volatility of without trying to jump into that because once we go into that that's a whole other world (laughs) we're not going to be able to crawl out of um but yeah i think at the end of the day if we really take a look at the overall um mood and sentiment of the people it doesn't um there isn't that kind of buzz Mm -hmm. that i think you kind of feel now granted on uh, in the financial services sector there's a ton of people making money Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's mortgages or something else because everybody's doing refis because of these interest rates and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so, you know, there's a, there's a steady stream right there, um, a business going on. There's people making money, people spending money. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that if, if we don't, if we don't start thinking like one of the things I've been saying to people is this, is, 
if you do, if you keep getting super hung up on what you're paying for and what you're getting, you're going to always end up in a lose-lose situation. You know, it's that idea that people always try to ch- they they try to race themselves to the bottom. I want to get the bottom of the market, I want to get the bottom of the rates, I want to get the bottom of this. Sure. And then next thing you know, they've either overpaid or their rate inverse to that is yes. too high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like it is astounding to me. It's astounding to me that people think with such short-term goals. Now you've had a really long play in real estate. Again, as as I've gotten to know you, you've given me some insight into how you kind of view the the marketplace at large. You were sharing how you told your wife, "Hey, I want to, I want to go. Let's go buy something." Yeah. Um. So talk about that for a minute. Sure. Talk about that because that's that is a very interesting take, and I'm seeing investors uh-huh. actually pop up and kind of think that way. Yes, and um, you know, the investor market. Let's face it. Uh, I'm starting to see investors go off market. Okay, this is a big segment of this market. So I'm doing research and I see an investor group buy properties through the multiple listing service. Mm-hmm. Then also they're buying property approaching non-owner occupied people mm-hmm. that own a rental for 20 plus years mm-hmm. and they're spending a bundle of money mm-hmm. approaching those people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of research on these investor groups. They have some funds to spend and they're like an iBuyer. Mm-hmm. Hey, forget about putting your property on the market and all the showings. And especially if you have a tenant, God forbid, let me write an offer. We close in seven days or less. If you have a tenant, we'll even keep the tenant. You know, so mm-hmm. they're being very aggressive, the, the investor um, uh, out there. And I'm the same way. You know, so if if I'm looking for, you know, a property, a rental property, I'm approaching people that have tenant occupied properties. Listen, I'm not going to pay top dollar. I'm an investor. So people are looking at 65 to 70 percent. And you're probably thinking, um, you know, off the actual the value of the property. And you're probably thinking, why would they ever accept that? You know, right. Well, it's convenience. It's uh, this is certain. This is what's going to happen. Um, and this is what I need right now. Mm. So this is what um, owners are thinking about. They're actually thinking, how fast can I get my money, you know, so I can close this up so I can go deal with my other thing that I really need the money for. So this is where investors are starting to get very savvy at. They're approaching people off market. Got it. Um, you know, the bulk of their deals are through the MLS. Um, I think it's an incredible time. If you're getting a loan right now, buy now. You know, but buy still smart, you know, mm-hmm. still buy. Don't get mixed up to, you know, seven or eight offers on a property and pay $22,000 over. Right, right. You know, unless it's a your dream home. Right. I did that once back in the 90s. I had 11 offers on my dream home over here on Hilltop and Pepper Tree in Chula Vista. And I they had 11 offers. I paid $50,000 over list price. <laughs> I drove by that home for seven years. I wanted that home, though. So I... You do that on owner-occupied properties, but on investors, you know, you're you're get, trying to get seven percent, you know, seventy cents on the dollar on that. Right. So, uh, I going back to your other question about being positive about the uh, market or negative. If you're self-employed and you have a business, and you know you're watching the news and there's a lot of talk and gloom about a recession, you're probably not going to buy that fixer. Yeah. That needs $150,000 worth of work. Yeah. You're probably looking for something more turnkey. Right. You know, Correct. they just don't want the, they want to save their funds. But they do exist. They do. They do. Yeah. And it just really depends on, you know, what type of buyer you're working with that says, hey, listen, I want, I have a lot of buyers that I want something turnkey. And then I, I have a buyer that says, fixer's okay. You know, they're feeling pretty confident despite the, the recession right. coming up. And I, I, that could be economically, but I don't see the market slowing down that much. I mean, because like I said, going back to Bonita, low inventory, still you still have a demand. Rents are up, yeah. you know. So it's you know, you know this. You're in the financial world. It's cheaper to buy a home than to rent these days. Yeah. in most markets. Oh no no I I think I told you I, I live in Bonita. I own in Bonita. Yeah yeah we and I. And probably not as savvy as maybe other my other counterparts in real estate are. I don't tend to invest in real estate. I always mess around with the equity markets and stock markets. Sure. That's always been my game. So uh-huh. investing and holding a portfolio in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, in general, I think it's I, I think you're absolutely spot on. Because I mean, even on our street alone, we 
bought a house for five hundred forty-five thousand, which was, in my opinion, still overpriced for a massively old home that mm-hmm. has had a lot of work. Sure, um, but. Uh, we're also seeing homes in our block right now selling for about 780 or higher, which is crazy to me. Yes. Um, and some of them are actually not in as good of a condition, mm-hmm. but they're selling because yeah. people want the land, they want the house. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. The demand is still there. I think it definitely depends on where you're looking. Yeah. And, and I think that has everything to do with it. I'm sure if you go to Encanto, you're, you're, you know, you're, it's, it's a different ballgame. It's game. different. And yeah. if you go to North County Coastal, it's different. Yeah. Rancho Penasquitos to Carmel Valley. Things are different. I mean, that is an area that everybody likes that location. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny when you mentioned Bonita for 780, that's a steal compared to Rancho uh, Penasquitos. <laughs> you know, trust me. I, I just I just had a buyer buy in Bonita and he came from Rancho Penasquitos and he goes, uh, this one would run me like three hundred dollars Forty thousand dollars more. Yeah, yeah. I go, wow. You know? Yeah, isn't that micro? That micro market still does exist too. People don't realize it. So, I mean, okay. So you've got this amazing experience. Um, you've been through an incredible journey over the course of your career, John. And obviously, you're more than knowledgeable. And I mean, my head was swimming the last time you were explaining to me your your fundamentals of investing. Yes. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm really short compared to you. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know what the deal is. But all I can say is like, I was like, wow, pe- more people need to hear about this because there has to be a smarter way of doing this. Yeah. Lending was a massive perpetrator of the big meltdown. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody says. Um, everybody had their hands in the cookie jar at that point, whether okay. it was a realtor or a a mortgage broker, uh, or the big banks on Wall Street, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody had their hand in it. They all contributed to that mess, and we sunk like the Titanic. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we've, I think fortunately, I think the financial industry, financial services industry, has learned some lessons from that. So we're not as quick to evolve. But real estate, as it stands today, um, really is just, it's just purely driven by. Demand side, I mean, economics, right? Supply side economics, that's it. You bet. Yeah. And if you're an investor right now or you're a real estate agent, I, I, there's a a friend of mine, Andy Carter, he has his own podcast show up north in Long Beach and he's really, you know, focused on the real estate agent that should buy real estate. It's surprising that you talk to a lot of my colleagues and they don't own real estate. And they've been at it for 20, 25 years. Yeah. So, you know, his big thing is just buy a duplex. Just buy your first home. And with the rates as low as they are, you know. You're going you're gonna to steal. You're going to long term. But everybody wants to hit it out of the park like in two years. You know, uh, we had a client just come up to us recently and says, um, I want to make an offer on this property. But do you think I'll make $100,000 in one year? Uh, that's a true story. And uh, I said, did I hear that right? Uh, because they're all used to making that money, quick money, in two to three years. And I, I looked at her and I said, absolutely not. I cannot guarantee anything. You buy something long term, you know, you buy a home to grow as a family, you know, you buy in a community. But people are looking at it as an ATM machine still. Yeah. And that, that thought should just be out of their mind. Um, because let's face it, three to 4%, you know, appreciation, um, and people that actually sell in the next, you know, two years or three years, they might be negative, right? you know, so, um, but you, we got to get that mentality and think about more long-term. So are we, are we going off a cliff anytime soon? I don't think so. Um, and I'll tell you why, um, the inventory still, everybody's been talking about this inventory thing for nine or 10 years. Since 2010, 2011, oh, we're getting more inventory, we're getting more inventory. And I've been working with buyers for 10 years. They're frustrated, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think what's going to happen is that we're going to hit a threshold on first time home buyers like we did in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the average medium price home was 565, I uh, running stats constantly. I saw the first time home buyer just drop off, and a lot to do with you know loan limits, you know mm-hmm. for FHA, VA, but that's gonna play a part too. People are gonna say, "Hey, I'm only qualified for this," you know. So the first time home bar- market, 
it's a condo and I can't even fit my family in there. Right, right. So let's keep on renting to see what, what, what happens in the future. But I'm not, I got a four bedroom, two bath, you know, 14, 1500 square feet. And I have four kids. I'm not going to go to a three bedroom and try to fit them in a 1200 square right. foot home in a one car garage. I'm just not going to do it. I'd rather rent. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I think when we hit that threshold, things are going to slow down and they're going to see longer market times. So not maybe not so much the cliff that we ran off. I mean, it, it, to me, it felt like last year really was the adjustment year. I, I thought that was. Yeah. And I, I, I would have to agree with you, Sam. Um, and I, I, what I'm seeing right now is uh, on my block alone, a home that would sell literally within four to five days, two properties. I know on my block, I didn't list them myself. Um, <laughs> two different companies. Uh, two different models about my same model that just two years ago would have sold within a week. They're on the market 29 and 40 days right now. Mm -hmm. So that tells you we're hitting that threshold. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that there, there is a glass ceiling in this whole thing. I think so. Yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'll tell you like, uh, this is, this is such a cool business to be in. It's Mm -hmm. such a blessing too, especially when you treat it like, a business. Yes. Um, and when you also think like a business owner should think, right? Um, so, I mean, it is always cool to hear about these different um, perspectives, but more importantly, also kind of the market dynamics. I mean, y- you know, there is so much wrong news. I, so my, my personal take on the recession, and I'll, I'll say this right now, I think the recession talk is more driven by the idea of politics than I think it, than, than I truly believe that it forebears um, an actual um, fall in the, in, in the mm-hmm. economy. There are, there, Oh, that wasn't good. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there are too many other indications that are demonstrating absolute health. Uh-huh. I think the big thing, and, and, and one of the oracles in my side of this business is a guy named Barry Habib. You ever heard of his name? Yes. Most people know who Barry Habib yes. is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, just an incredible guy. Uh, the only time he's ever called anything wrong was really last year. Mm-hmm. And he even said it, 2018 blindsided him Mm -hmm. Uh, but he already touched on a few predictions earlier this year that most people kind of laughed at Mm -hmm. and everything he's called has been true Mm -hmm. Um, and he actually has a very optimistic outlook for the financial services and the real estate side of things Mm -hmm. going into next year now he said there are still adjustments coming Mm -hmm. uh, and those adjustments will be steep Mm -hmm. um, because i think we saw a pretty precipitous drop in licensable activity from the number of real so unique real estate licenses that were registered or tied to a transaction Mm -hmm. compared from last year the year before to last year and then last year and then this year there's actually been a pretty precipitous drop have you heard that as well yes i have okay so so you've got this big shift people are kind of saying i'm throwing in the towel like i you know I can't afford my Tesla anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did two real estate transactions in 2017 and I bought a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, people are kind of saying that 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 as 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 the herd gets called, that really uh, it's going to get down to a much narrower track of really high quality professionals. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I can kind of agree with that maybe to some degree, but I want to I want to say I hope that's true because. People have been saying that and predicting that For over time. the last couple of years. Tom Ferry's been predicting that. Yeah. And um, 87% of all agents fail at this business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that's a high number. Um, and if they did not leave the business, it shame on their manager saying, hey, this might not be the right business for you. So they should go out and get a, a different career. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying go out and get another job or something, but this this is not your career, yeah. you know, and doing less than a certain amount, you know, cause of all the, the work needed and all the demand needed, you know, to do a successful transaction and to represent someone properly, um, is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the demands as we were talking about the consumers demanding a lot more. Right. Um, that's why teams are so successful and that's, you know, the teams are really came on, uh, over the last 24 months. I mean, there's like, 50,000 teams in the United States right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so it's not, it's being solo is a lonely ride mm. and the demands are tough. So I do think um, the the team, you know, and there's some great successful solo agents, 
Uh, and they have great staff, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to have a team to be successful in this business, I think, is kind of key. You it's know, key today. I, I really do. And okay. you know, the solo agent is going to have a hard time competing against you know a team that is a five star service team. Okay, so you know. that goes that actually segues right into the next topic that I thought would be really good to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Zillow, Redfin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Can we please talk some trash about those guys in the next <laughs> few minutes? Um, you know, well, go ahead. You said mm-hmm. it. The Lone Ranger agent is going to struggle in in today's market just because of uh, you know um, the dynamic that exists right in the yes. marketplace and what the expectations are. Um, and those are just a couple of examples of companies that have literally been robbing agents blind for mm-hmm. I don't know how long now. And now they want to up the ante and say, well, we're going to rob you even more blind. Mm-hmm. Um, c- c- give me your thoughts on that. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I like Zillow. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Zillow. I that's, think, a good, that's a good political answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, they, they've got me some sales um, and through their premier agent uh, program. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that hate Zillow because they take their money. You let them take your money there you on go. advertising. I don't advertise with them, but I do use their coming soon premier agent uh, program. And let's face it, Zillow is a popular uh, website that a lot of consumers go to and also Redfin. Now, I don't like Redfin for the fact that they're advertising discounted uh, brokerage services. You know, um, am I bothered with that probably if i was 20 20 years younger that would bother me i have a little bit more wisdom after 32 years (laughs) i I don't know what it is but it's it's all mindset that's they they take a little segment of the market um i don't like them advertising and 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 you know uh saying bad things about why would you list with a full-time real estate agent like john stenberg when he charges this amount and we can only charge this amount well there's always a consumer to go after that segment of the, you know, the cheap discounted brokerage. Yeah, absolutely. And that is just not my client. Yeah. Clients actually hire me because of the value of experience that I bring into a transaction. Yeah. So I'm not really afraid of them. I, I don't really care for them. Yeah. Um, but going back to Zillow, what they're doing right now, both of them actually, they're buying homes. Yeah. They're uh, iBuyers. Zillow just came into the market last week. Um, there's been tons of uh, press on them and think about this for a minute we talked about this earlier you know if you want quickness you want certainty of you know getting money for your property within two weeks three weeks call on your own closing date as well peace of mind that's the you power. know that is the power now you're probably going to leave some money on the table no doubt about it how much is that i don't know until you actually talk to a you know someone that you trust in the real estate business and say, hey, listen, they gave me this offer. What do you think we would be able to do on on the open market? Mm. You know, but they and let's put things in perspective. Five point three, five point four million sales last year. Right. They, I buyers in general did about ten thousand transactions only. Mm. So. You know, what are they going to do in, in San Diego? Now, Redfin's already been here for a while. Um, a lot of these transactions don't make sense. People are scratching their heads and they're going, you know, <laughs> they're not making any money. They're making like $4,000 times that by 20,000 transactions. Yeah. You know, they are traded on the open market. Yeah. So they're making money. Yes. Don't worry about that. They yeah. may lose some money on some transactions and you're scratching your head. But overall, in a in the big, on a bigger scale, they're making money. Yes, they are. You know, yep. so they're good for for a certain buyer. You know, you are right about that. And there is nothing like hearing someone complain about that. Yeah. When they've committed to that, mm-hmm. and they're expecting Neiman Marcus, and they end up with Walmart. I totally get it. And and Redfin is 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 an incredible Walmart value. They are. Yeah, and yeah. and they have a cool app. Uh, you should check out compass.com, by the way, and check out their app there. <laughs> Absolutely. No, Shameless let, plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. But let me tell you something. Um, you know, I, I think um, they're going to be around for a while. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And despite what everybody's saying about Zillow, um, you know, I, I think they're they're a great portal. 
um, they're, they're good. And if you're thinking about selling your home to Zillow, I would just recommend, you know, touch and base. Everybody has a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. You know, they've either bought a home from or someone in their family. Uh, just get some advice to make sure you're not leaving any money on the table. Right. Um, I think, you know, if you're in that situation and you need to go with an iBuyer transaction, so be it. I mean, everybody's in that situation. And when you go on their site, by the way, do you want to explore an offer from Zillow? I think people are going to explore offers. Because think about it. If you have a tenant-occupied property and you feel like you're so close to that tenant and you just don't want to evict them or go through the hassle of showing the property, and but you can leave a little money on the table and get rid of the property finally. That might be the win. You bet. Mm. Yeah. All right. So... Come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to antagonize you here, John. You gotta you gotta give me something juicy about <laughs> about these organizations because I, I, I again I, I like I told you I could drive right off the cliff with how I perceive Zillow. You're right, people have given them money, mm -hmm. so really at the end of the day, that's only that agent's responsibility. Nobody else's, right? Yeah, they wrote the check. That's right, and I, I think the agent that actually spends five to ten thousand to fifteen thousand. As a business person, you got to look at your rate of return. And I know some agents in San Diego that are spending gobs of money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know a few too. Yeah. And it, and it's then nuts. they have to actually make up from um, spending all that money by actually delegating all these leads to make sure they convert to other agents on like thirty five percent splits. And that and when I say thirty five percent, they're getting thirty five percent, and the broker's getting the bulk of mm -hmm. it. You know. So if you want to play that game. That's that's up More to you. More power as a to you. Yeah, business owner. That's not my game. Um, but and if you want to give them the money, that's not my game too. I mean, <laughs> you're buying the business basically. No, you are. You you, you know? really are, and and that's fine. I, I don't I don't have a beef with that. I think it's just the idea that they are so bold to have charged as much as they do for something that really doesn't actually have a good quality mm -hmm. return. Mm -hmm. um, no matter what anybody says, I've, I've had plenty of realtors be like. Well, Sam, you know that if we did this with Zillow, we'd be pouring in deals. I mean, pouring just it, we just we, there would just be so much business coming, we wouldn't know what to do. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you seriously believe that? <clears throat> Man, yeah. I could sell you a bag of ice <laughs> if you were in Alaska. Seriously, no, I, I you know, and I'm I'm being critical. That's a critical thing, but you know, I I've explored it. Let the I think every agent because they call you constantly, right. and when they say you know. For fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars a month, I can give you twenty-two leads, and I'm thinking to myself, but they're not transactions. You mean I have to still convert them, mm -hmm. have them like me, pre-qualify them, get them with my lender, and and then take them out, and it's going to cost me eighteen hundred dollars. Think about it right now. Low inventory. I always say to the rep over the phone, I I can have one open house for nothing, and I'll put generate. out like twenty-two signs. And I can get 22 leads. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, but agents are desperate. They'll go ahead and pay that $1,800. Why they can just do an effective open house and get 22 leads yeah. for zero. So, you know, that's, you know, if you call them on that and they go like, oh, you know, I better get off to my next call because yeah. you're a little, you're a smarty pants. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Well, what about, um. I mean, so you ultimately ended up Compass. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, obviously a big cheerleader and a big fan of what they're doing. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't be there. Yes. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, walk walk the average person. If if somebody was listening to this right now and just said, you know, all this realtor and mortgage gobbledygook, um, you know, why John Sandberg and why Compass? Mm -hmm. What what's your answer? Mm -hmm. Well, first, uh, let's let's take Compass for a minute. Um, for me, I mean, why John Stenberg is 32 years of experience. Right, sure, yeah. You know, yeah, all we that. got all that, right. But Compass is, you know, I, I talked to a manager recently and I said, you know, if you quit your firm just for a week and you went over to their onboarding, first of all, onboarding, mm -hmm. um, in 32 years, I've made a couple, maybe seven to nine switches to different companies, even owning uh, my company as well. I've never seen onboarding like this. So mm. when I say that is you sit down with, you know, their staff and support team and for about two hours, two and a half hours, and there's nothing, you know, there's no ball dropping or anything on this onboarding. They mm. companize you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't yeah. know if that's even a word. They assimilate you. Yeah, they assimilate you, right? Into the system. Right. And they do such a good job. Um, and they survey you constantly. How could we get better? They don't want to mm-hmm. just get your feedback on what kind of experience you had with them. But how can we get bit better? And I got to tell you, coming from a brokerage owner standpoint, I will make comments all the time. But I'll say, I think you should do this. I don't know if they take that and go, hmm, that's interesting. But I do compliment them a lot as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the perfect company for everyone. It's almost nearly perfect, <laughs> you know, for someone like me <laughs> that has the experience. Now, if you've never ex- explored that, you'll never know it. So you don't know what you're missing out on. Right. So, but the culture is there. Mm-hmm. The top agents are there. Mm-hmm. The out-of-the-box marketing is there. Mm-hmm. Um, the manager leadership support is mm-hmm. there. Um, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's a great image, high-end, uh, low-end price ranges. Yeah. So They're not picky. No, no. Deal's I, a deal, they right? They look good at $3 million. They look good at 400000 Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, and, and they give back to the community. To give you a good example. Uh, one agent just spearheaded um, a cause for feeding San Diego. Yeah. Uh, 200,000 families being fed. Wow. 50,000 donated, raised over the next two months in September and October. So, I mean, 50,000 in just two months. Right. Correct. We only have 800 uh, employees and agents here. Wow. So this is something someone would do with 2,000 people. And they wouldn't hit more than 20,000 right. with another company. Right. So they give back to the community in a big way. Mm. Um, so I, I think Compass, uh, you know, I hate to say it like this because a lot of my colleagues will go like, hey, that was a big commercial, um, is really kind of the future, you know, okay. of real estate. Okay. Know? So now listen, I, you know, talk about the brand. Talk about the performance of the brand. I mean, I, it's, I think everybody needs to hear the different things, the, the different approaches that are taking place out there. Mm-hmm. Cause I think everybody has, um, everybody has that perspective. Yeah. And that's the one that I was, that, that, that little blip clip that played earlier, mm-hmm. that was Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, he was being asked by Conan O'Brien. He's like, Hey, um, so who did you vote for? And this was back in 2016. He's like, I didn't vote for either one of them. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him either. You know, and, and he started off with, I didn't vote for her because she dresses like, a real estate agent. Sure. Right. And we were talking about this last week, yeah. if you remember, right? And we were kind of poking fun. And um, I think there is, I think that stigma exists still to this day with a lot of people. So I think people should share that there is transformative things taking place in the marketplace. And it's exciting to hear because, listen, I, I, I saw the Compass Lounge at Petco Park. That was pretty cool. I was impressed. I was very impressed. <laughs> it's even better when you're a member and a yeah, partner. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you get to enjoy the perks, right? Yes, um, but yeah, I, I think it was really cool that, um, I, I think it's really cool that, that Compass does represent a very different direction in the real estate industry right now. And while everybody is just thinking technology equals cheap, um, I think Compass is kind of changing that f- philosophy of of being that technology doesn't have to be cheapened. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there is a value that can be increased uh, by combining technology with the right people and experience. And let me interrupt you here. No, I, I, you know, it's funny. I've told a lot of people I've, you know, someone's asked me at a network meeting, hey, um, I heard you uh, jump ship and went over to Compass. Ah, that's a tech company. You know, they're just a tech company, right? I go, you know, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to bust someone in the mouth. You know, oh, no, no, they have great tech. Okay. But they're forward thinking. Yes. You yeah. know, so, you know, give you a good example, Compass Concierge. I mean, um, I heard one, I won't say the name on, I, I probably shouldn't say the name. Another uh, franchise actually just came out recently in Inman News and said they're coming up with a concierge program as well. But they have between three and 4,000 projects on this uh, this Compass Concierge program. And I got to tell you, I sold three of my last seven sales through Compass Concierge before they even hit the market. You know, wow. so nothing's off the table, Sam, mm-hmm. on this program. Um, up to $150,000 mm-hmm. on renovations. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yes, you do have to have a license if you're going to be moving walls and, and renovating the entire kitchen. But... 
for the most part, landscaping, painting, um, patching of repairs of roof. I mean, if you got a pre-inspection uh, report on the property and you took care of 80% of all the, those items to satisfy the buyer, and probably a lot of people are asking, why would you do that in a seller's market? You st remember what I said, still have to have in good condition or yeah. you're going to you know, take a hit on the price. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people want turnkey homes. They yeah. don't have the extra money to fix up a property. Yeah. So this Compass Concierge program, they make it so easy for the seller to get involved and to actually improve their property and to get more money. I mean, and, you know, I brought a brochure with me, you know, between 5 and 20% more, you know, 83% yeah. of all real estate agents say their clients can see visually into them seeing themselves in a home when it's properly staged and prepped, you know? So those are big numbers. Those are big numbers, yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I just heard this story. This is going to just trip you out. We had a client uh, move from San Francisco and buy a home in San Diego. Well, he used Compass Concierge uh, to do some just light fixing of, the, of his property. And um, he bought another property, closed on it in San Diego, but his property did not sell yet in San Francisco. Well, he was stuck with two payments. Hmm. Well, remember what I said, really nothing's off the table. No, yeah. Compass went ahead and paid his payment on his mortgage. <laughs> wow. Now they paid it back, you know, once he closed. Yeah. But the so you didn't make two payments. Financially it would be, you know, really Tight. A dire shit. Yeah. Yeah. So they went ahead and did that, you know, so they're here to help the, the seller and also more importantly, the agent to actually make things better, you know, smoother, easier, you know, take the stress because there's so much, you know, let's say, let's face it. When you sell a home, there's a lot of stress, there's emotions going on and then financial hardship. This is where they come in, you know, a hundred percent. Amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had someone that had my back back then when I was buying, you know, my home, I, I think it would have probably made a difference, you know, it, yeah. it really would have. Um, it is, it's it's good to hear that people are out there trying to up the standards, um, up to try to really, they're, they're trying to set the bar a lot higher on what people should expect from our industry as a whole, at mm -hmm. large, right? And I really hope that, you know, as, uh, as we continue to track this, we just, we see more and more really uh, dynamic things come out of this uh, out of compass because mm -hmm. again people i'm talking to and i have, I have a couple friends that had joined compass recently up in la mm -hmm. and you know they're telling me oh my gosh the marketing's amazing this is really what's amazing and they're they're incredible realtors up there by the way mm -hmm. um and they have absolutely said that the one of the things that they love and i think you would agree with this is people always end up working for people not so much the company yeah. and when you buy into the right people who seem to have a vested interest in you I think it's a natural fit. It's a win-win. And oh, it, it's amazing when I um, talk to people and um, short-sighted, short-minded, you know, uh, small thinking. I go. They ask me a little bit about Compass, and we don't. You know, we have so many offices in San Diego. Oh, that's not in my area. You know, so I don't know if I can work over there and take that drive. I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, you're not even ready to explore. What are you leaving on the table? Yeah. You know, the office, yeah. I, uh, we just had our grand opening last week in downtown San Diego. And, you know, there's 200 agents out of that office. So you walk into that office and, uh, you know, I have an office there. And um, I walk out five feet and I got the head of production, you know, you know, of what's going on with all the production tools mm -hmm. um, outside of my office. Mm -hmm. I have my marketing um person outside of my office mm -hmm. so easily able to sit down and chat with and and how i can grow better with their tools and how i can be a better agent how to serve my clients even better right who does that right you know they are committed to the real estate yeah, agent and they absolutely clients, are. no doubt about it well and i think one of the things that you told me that was always really interesting was i asked you at one point you know, who are they looking to partner with? Mm -hmm. Who are their affiliations going to be? You're like, nobody. Yeah. Um, because they don't want to become mortgage brokers. They don't want to become, you know, uh, title experts or, or escrow managers. 
uh, they want to do one thing and they want to do it really well. Yeah. And I wish more companies would think like that. Oh. I wish more companies would have the foresight to realize that's a value proposition all in itself for anybody worth their salt. All the resources go right into the real estate agent. They don't go to mortgage, escrow, yep. title, insurance. You don't anything. have all that extra noise. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I can appreciate being in the brokerage business for so long. This is what, I mean, this is really kind of a, I mean, if you're, if you're an experienced agent and you've had all that for so many years and now it's 100% about you, wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 All right, so who's going to win the election next year? Well, a Democrat. Uh, <laughs> I threw a one-two punch at you on that one, didn't I? A Democrat. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's. Um, I think the future is going to be really telling about if whether or not technology do, does truly um, radically transform real estate. I believe some of the people out there that believe that mm-hmm. I do believe them because when I hear things that they talk about and say. I can understand why they have the perspective that they do. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the good old-fashioned human factor is still going to be super critical mm-hmm. uh, because people have to know, like, and trust the person they're going to do business with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes. Re- Re- you said it. Redfin does what they do, and, and um, they are very there for that very select, very specific, narrow group of people yes. um, that are s- supremely about the Walmart experience. Yes. Totally get it. Yep. No, I get it too. I'm not dissing you. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Walmart's got some cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Um, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I know for me, even as a personal brand, I think I'm worth a lot more. I think my people that even I work with are worth a lot more. And I think more companies should invest in making their people for, feel like they're worth more. And it sounds like Compass is definitely doing that. Definitely. And, you know, like I said earlier, uh, my clients would never look at Redfin. And the Redfin clients actually probably wouldn't look at me. Yeah. It might be just too expensive right, for them. Right. But you know There's what? There's nothing wrong with that. I, I beg to differ. Yeah. Here's why. Yeah. And this is just, this is kind of my final thought on this. Um, as much as they believe they know what's best for them in terms of their bottom line, mm-hmm. it is not uncommon to have seen some of those people go, I don't even know who I'm dealing with, what I'm dealing with, and what I'm negotiating. All I'm being told is that this is what you're going to get back. Sure. Not really realizing whether or not they're getting the best deal for them. Or leaving any money on the table. That's exactly what I'm saying. So many, many studies, uh, many reviews Mm -hmm. on, you know, you see the good reviews. Yeah, you do. um, But take a look at the bad reviews. Yeah. And you'll hear stories about them saying, well, you know, I, I dealt with four people. Mm-hmm. You know, where were they after the close of escrow? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're only getting paid 12 bucks an hour, let me tell you something. And versus someone getting paid a lot more, I, I don't know if I would, you know, return a phone call either. Yeah. I don't know if I would show up on time either. No. Um, I don't know if I would negotiate hard over a weekend for my client if I was only getting paid a certain amount. Yeah. You know, I just... Agreed. I got to tell you, it's human nature. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, you'll see all the bad reviews. And what I would just say is, and this is for anyone, you know, hiring the wrong agent, not just the brokerage itself. You could leave a ton of money on the table. And a lot of people go, well, what's a ton of money? Well, a ton of money is not only, you know, know, one or two or three or four percent, it could also be, you know, you not closing on time, you not getting that other home, yep. you know, that you're mm-hmm. purchasing. Yep. And it can also mean you, you know, making two or three more extra payments. Yep. You know, yep. not actually qualifying the buyer and making sure you have teeth in that counter offer to make sure they perform. Yeah. So yeah. I can keep on going on, but I don't want to beat a dead horse. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's awesome. I, I, You know what? I'll tell you right now. I think the best thing that I think I would want to encourage anybody that's listening to do is get to know more about, um, you know, the future of real estate, the way uh, John and uh, Compass is doing it, and definitely do a lot of research. Don't get this idea in your head that the cheapest deal possible is going to yield the right result because it never and rarely does. Right, it's no different than going to Walmart and buying something that that you you said. Well, you know, I can go to Home Depot and get a high quality part uh, for twenty bucks, or I can go to uh, Walmart and get it for tw- uh, fifteen bucks. Right, and, 
And you always pay a price, don't you? And Sam, I always like to say this. It's not like buying a toaster. You can't take it back. (laughs) I mean, you're stuck with that agent for a multi-month contract. Yeah. And if if you're stuck with them and rates go up, it's going to cost you a lot more. 100%. Yeah. Okay. John, listen, it was awesome having you here today. I am so glad we got a chance to talk, get to know each other a lot more. Um, I, I do think people need to talk to you directly one-on-one and really get to understand a lot more about who you are. So I'm going to be posting it all over social media. Hopefully you're okay with that. Uh, I'm assuming that that's a good thing. Right? I'm a good thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, you guys, listen, all that information is going to be available uh, for you to be able to reach out to John, talk to him. Uh, if if Here's the thing. Um, even if you're an agent, a realtor, um, and you're, I think, kind of tired of the grind and you're tired of the the misconception that you're a pantsuit-wearing person, right? <laughs> uh, I think you should talk to John, right? John, that's a good thing too? I would love to give anybody advice um, just on their career and also possibly exploring Compass. I mean, um, we're actually hiring as well uh, oh, awesome. on our team. So awesome. have them reach out to me. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to Short Guy Tall Dreams. Uh, your biggest goals are just a dream away. And uh, we're hoping that uh, every time you hear something we talk about and share, uh, just encourages and inspires you to take another step towards that. All right. Take care.